Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. It has been a while, um, but as always, I am joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. I am Vince Miller. Um, Ashton is now married, so that's why we took a few weeks off. Um, congratulations, Ashton. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of changes have happened uh, since we've talked last. By the way, not just in my personal life, a ton has happened in in college football uh, recruiting is just going bananas and like, yeah, like it's, it's happening. It's on. Um, the season has just started early, I think. And um, yeah, we just, we, now we get to be back and, and be back and involved and back with you guys. It kind of feels like the, like college football is the new NBA as far mm-hmm. as just an exciting off season with, with a lot of stuff going on in the off season. Um, the, because, I, yeah. the, all the, the quarterbacks. I, okay. So we haven't talked since like arch has committed, like that happened in our absence. Uh, Dante Moore has, has now committed um, like, like the, the dominoes are. Yeah. I mean, it's full on. I don't, I don't know. Do, Jaden we Rashada. For, I was going to say, were we around for Jaden Rashada? We were not. That, that all happened in our absence. Yeah. The, the, last several the weeks. millions, the millions and millions of dollars that that guy's getting. Um, allegedly, which is like just crazy, but no, I, I agree completely. The, the off season is electric right now. And you have to kind of just like keep hitting, like, like you have to be scrolling Twitter constantly. Yeah. You always have to stay on Twitter and cause there's so much stuff like in the weeds that you have to kind of, you have to be a detective almost to be a really informed college football fan. You have to be reading in between the lines. By the way, um, just some of the changes that are happening. Like we call this the PAC 12 North. Technically that's not even accurate anymore. The Pac-12 no longer has divisions already starting this year. Yeah, um, they didn't change their schedule at all. Like it's it's still scheduled the same as as it would have been. Um, right. But it just means the only difference really is that um, the top two teams in the conference will make the conference title game regardless of what division they're they're part of. So it, it's it's like you're watching it change in real time. And and like for USC and UCLA to leave is. Like, like what even happens to like Oregon state, Washington, Washington state, like what happens to those guys, even Oregon's kind of like, like, can we get into the big 10 now? Like who will have us? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Like, do they go to the big 12 again? Like does, okay. Colorado left the big 12 to go to <laughs> the pack. Well then 10, now the pack 12. And now do they try to go back to the big 12 again? Who doesn't maybe even really want them anymore. Like the whole thing is, is, is wild. So like, yeah, we, there's so much to talk about. I know we have to focus on, on, like, on just the win totals and over-unders, but like you, we could go for hours on this thing. It's going to be wild. Yeah, well, we might get there knowing us. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, let's start with, with some of these win totals. We're going to start at okay. the top. Um, Oregon is first. So 10-4 and four last year, 7-2 and two in conference. Um, Dan Lanning, of course, is the new hire. Mario Cristobal left for Miami, his alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Lanning, the former defensive coordinator of Georgia. So the defending national champs losing their coordinator. Um, And there's a lot, there's actually a lot of turnover on this team um, Mm -hmm. personnel wise as well, not just on the coaching staff. Um, Anthony Brown is at quarterback being replaced by either Bo Nix, the Auburn transfer or Ty Thompson, um, the former high four star there. Um, Kenny Dillingham is the new offensive coordinator who, by the way, was Bo Nix's quarterback coach with Auburn in 2019. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they lost Travis Dye, the running back to USC, okay. conference rival. Um, they have some other talented running backs there, Byron Cardwell, Sean Dollars. Um, talented but unproven group of receivers, um, Troy Franklin, Dante Thornton, former high, highly ranked um, receivers, Chase Cota, again, another transfer, transfer from UCLA. They return all five of their offensive linemen. Um, well, let's go with that. Well, I'll, we'll talk about the defense later. What do you think about their offense? Oh, um, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I, like, I'd like to know who the quarterback is first. Right? I think um, that would be that, like, that's a really good start. Bo Nix has like, like Bo Nix fits in some ways. Um, like if, yeah. if you could, get, you can tailor an offense for him and, and he can be running around and making plays, which he is really, really good at doing. He's really, he's great at just improvising and, and just making mm-hmm. something out of nothing. Um, but like, Oregon has, there is still talent there. There's still like, there's still dudes there. Like you mentioned the guys that have left. There's still, they still have talent there. Landing wasn't just walking into a bare cupboard. Um, Mm -hmm. Cristobal had done a a, a good job of of recruiting there for Oregon. So uh, the offense. Okay. Kenny Dillingham. We, we weren't really sure about him until like a couple of days ago when he pulled in Dante Moore and suddenly it's like, okay, like this guy's good. Apparently like who knew? And (laughs) Like, cause he was a little over, a little overhyped coming out of Florida state. Like, like, what were they like? I mean, has he, it, it felt like he could have done better. It felt like Lanning could have done, made a better hire there for the OC. More proven at least. Yeah. Okay. Right. A better name, bigger name. Sure. We'll, we'll say that. So, but this guy could be it, like, he could be all of that. So yeah, we have no idea what the offense <laughs> is going to look like. It's like true. How am I, how am I supposed to know? Um, they're going to get a, like going up against Georgia. Like you're, you're going to have to, that's opening week, right? You're going to have to go across country and play a neutral site game, but it's, I mean, it's going to be pretty much a Georgia home game against sure. a defense that is still going to be loaded. So you're not going to look great week one. Um, yeah. it, I think it's how, how you respond after. And, and yeah, it's, it's in the games that, that you play after. I think they play, I believe, is it? Yeah. It's Eastern Washington um, after that, then BYU, then Washington state. So like you have some, some winnable games that are coming up after that Georgia game and yeah, I, I just I refrain to say too much because like I really don't know. I have no idea what the <laughs> offense is going to look like. Do you have any better clues than than me? Well, it always if when you have turnover like that on at all on offense, it's always nice to have all five of your of your offensive line starters back. Um, yeah. like that at least that at least gives you some stability, I guess. And that was a uh-huh. that was a real strength of the team last year. I mean, we all watched that Ohio State game last year where they just kind of owned them up front correct Um, yeah and and i feel like bo nix part of the reason that we talk about him like making plays on the run all the time is because he was running for his life all the time in the sec Mm -hmm. and there's a chance like okay so i haven't been the biggest bo nix fan you know in his (laughs) career okay but i do believe that he is an upgrade over anthony brown anthony brown was like I guess perfectly average. Yeah. Like like probably your average power five quarterback playing for a team that's a top ten team. Most of, or yeah, most of the time that he was their quarterback, they were right. in roughly that top ten range. And I feel like Bo Nix might be more of a top thirty quarterback, top twenty quarterback, maybe. Um, and having a good offensive line in front of him probably for the first time in his career, yeah. arguably. Um right. Yeah, like I, I do think they'll be solid on offense. 
Um, yeah, like I, I'm not I'm not expecting them to light the world on fire, but also it, it here's the thing with some of these schools that made new hires this year. It's a little bit similar even like to, to Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman. You, you have the young coordinator. All you ask as a fan base is come in, find a way to win nine to 11 games mm-hmm. and recruit a really good class. Yeah. Like if he comes in and they win nine, 10 games and pull in a top 10 recruiting class, if you're an Oregon fan, you're thrilled with that. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. No, no. I, I think you have to be happy already with the direction that it's heading, like simply with the recruitment like of Dante Moore and like Absolutely. Being able to pull him out there. You have to be thrilled um, given the fact this, this staff hasn't even coached a game yet. Um, the, but Bo Nix, like to that point, if he, like we're, we're both kind of assuming that he's going to win that job. Like we right, both right. believe that he will, he hasn't, but like we, we both think that he will. He's kind of a, a he would remind me of a poor man's Lamar Jackson type. Um, like he, he really is. He's very athletic. Um, yeah. This, the the decision making and accuracy is is sometimes there and sometimes not, um, but it is exciting. The whole thing's exciting the whole time. Like I I when, like just looking at their schedule, they're not playing USC in the regular season. Right. Um, they have the neutral site game against Georgia, which is in a way a game. Then you and you also have to go. Um, well, actually, no, sorry, you get Utah late in the year, and like those are like I see them winning the rest of their games. I think ten and two is very attainable. And mm-hmm. if you can get 10 and two and get out of there with a, a top 10, top 15 recruiting class and a couple of five stars, especially a top quarterback that you love, that yeah. that's a really good first year and a year that the, the Oregon fans um, would or should, should be thrilled about. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the defensive side before we make our final picks on their over under for the year. Um, yeah. Well, the, obviously they lost Kayvon Thibodeau. That's the big name. Yeah. Um, but they return most of the rest of their front seven. Um, Noah the linebackers. Sewell, the linebackers. The linebackers. Noah Sewell is the big name. They also have Justin Flo and Jeffrey Bassa played really well last year as well. Like so, they have studs at linebacker. Yeah. And they have one good corner, Christian Gonzalez, um, transfer from Colorado, who was kind of an all all Pac-12 type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, you have some other like potential guys there. Dante Manning was a former highly ranked player. Um, probably going to be the other corner it, cornerback depth is not great. Uh, and the safeties are going to be a question mark on defense. doesn't mean they can't, that can't be answered well, but when you lose your, you know, both starting safeties and, and did they lose both corners? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not exactly sure who started last year. I believe they lost basically their entire secondary. Um, mm-hmm. They feel good about Christian Gonzalez, the transfer. And I think Dante Manning has potential. The cornerback depth, the safeties could be a bit of an issue. Um, but I still think because of the front seven, this is still going to be a solid to really good defense. Do you anticipate that being different? It's got Dan Lanning as their head coach. I mean, mm-hmm. Lanning is excellent um, with middle linebackers or with good middle linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes them the the stars of the show like he like he should. And he's got some really, really good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Flo. Yeah, between between Sewell and Flo, like that's the best tandem for me in the country as far as just like a linebacker duo. Um, I I think they'll be really good. And Lanning has also shown the ability to to cover up weak spots. Like the, the Georgia defense last year, I know I watched literally like the whole I'm probably every game that Lanning ever called as a as a defensive coordinator. 
And he's really good at, at covering up his weak spots. He mm-hmm. plays to his strengths really well. So he's going to give those linebackers room and, and freedom to go sideline to sideline, blowing up plays um, and, and, and playing free and playing downhill. And he's going to, he's going to do a great job at, at hiding any just inefficiency um, that he has in that defense. I think he'll do a really good job. It's they, they, they will be a very well coached team. I think they're, they'll, they'll play really smart, especially on defense. So yeah, I don't have a whole lot of concerns really um, about Oregon just getting shredded. Um, like, especially, especially with the schedule they're playing, they're not really going up against any offenses that you're just terrified about. Right. Um, maybe, maybe other than Georgia and possibly Utah. So yeah, again, feel, feel really good um, about their defense. I think you might've just angered the BYU fans. But- I, I don't think I did. See, like, <laughs> okay. I, 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 I saw that. But I, I really don't feel that I did. We, we've had it out with BYU in, in the past, but like just peace with, with you guys. We'll, we'll get to you guys here in a bit, and, and we'll also get to Utah. So like we'll, we'll have these conversations later. Yeah, I forgot to mention that at the top of the episode as well. We are going to be talking about a few um, non-Pac-12 teams, non-Power 5 teams. Um, yeah. BYU will be one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at their schedule. Um, obviously, Georgia is the tough one. But they get BYU, UCLA, Washington, and Utah all at home, mm-hmm. which which feels like a big deal. Um, they're over under set at eight and a half. Yeah, um, this is a fairly confident over for me. What about you? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, uh, same way. I think, like I said, ten and two, nine and three on like that's a bad day, and that still gets you um, over the number of eight and a half. So I think I think Oregon can even lose a game that they should not lose. Yeah. And, and still, and still hit the over. So yeah, Mm -hmm. a a fairly confident over for me. I think Lanning has, has impressed in his first couple of months on the job. And I think he'll be a really good in-game coach and I think he'll impress. um, Yeah. I mean, they're, they'll probably get beat up a little bit in week one, but you get past that and there's a lot of really winnable games to where you can run off um, a little streak there and and start to feel good about yourself towards the middle, um, middle to end of the year. Yeah. And and I don't think, like it's not out of the question that they have a bit of a subpar year. I, I could find four losses on their schedule, yeah. but that's that's losing most of the coin flip games. Like right. So I expect them to, yeah, like you said, nine and three, ten and two feels about right for this team. Okay, let's move on to Washington. Okay. Um, four and eight a year ago, three and six in conference. Um, they first fired their offensive coordinator John Donovan, then their head coach Jimmy Lake. Um, Brought in Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State, um, and DeBoer built really good offenses as Indiana's offensive coordinator, and then Fresno State's head coach. That's kind of what he was known for. Um, before we just, I guess, dive into some of the team, like, what are your thoughts, just kind of on the program as a whole, and the hire that they made? I like Fresno State was really good last year. Yeah. Um, I was very impressed with, with how they played. Fresno was, was like, they were the sneaky team that no one really wanted to play against. They had like multiple games that like, like you could like on national TV where they brought it, like they really brought it. Yeah. The, um, I think the, the Oregon game comes to mind as a game where wasn't that like, one on the PAC 12 network that we all wanted to watch and couldn't No, That's right. I think it, <laughs> it was really close late. Everyone is desperate to watch that game. And for like, yeah, it was like the PAC 12, plus or something for some reason and like no, no it was just to it. i think it was just straight pack 12 network which is not on youtube tv or or accessible in a huge parts of the country yeah. and that's part of the reason why 
you probably lost USC and UCLA. Just saying. Okay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> like the Pac-12 was just so poorly run the last while that I think I, that's part of the reason. But, I agree. Hey, just tell me how you really feel there. Tell me how you really feel there. No, I like. Okay, so so back. Okay, sorry. Back to Washington here. A yes, little bit. but like Jimmy Lake. Okay, he was well thought of. I understand that, and people really. Yeah. I, it, okay. With stuff like that, it's really hard to know like what actually happened. There's rumors that, you know, he was abusive to players and like, yeah, like the, the locker room dynamics weren't great. I mean, like whatever, like what, what coach isn't from time to time and what, like, <laughs> like there's always a player that like a disgruntled player that can say that, you know, like sometimes like, I mean, you know, we, what happened with like Brian Harson and stuff where like all this stuff comes out and like, yeah, I, it, it's, it's really hard to know. That's just what I'm, that's, that's, I'll just leave it at that. Um, it, it didn't end well. And, and you're moving on with a, with a kind of a promising up and coming head coach. Kalen DeBoer is, he's a great offensive, not a mind. No one can doubt that. So mm-hmm. like, but he's not the recruiter. Like he is not the recruiter that like even Dan Lanning is right next door. Sure. So yeah. And that's your rival. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to wait to play this one out a little bit and, mm-hmm. and we'll see how it goes. There's no doubt that he's got a great offensive mind. Um, and yeah, it's that one. You'll just have to sit back and watch Washington there for a bit. Yeah. So just dive into the team a little bit. Michael Penix uh, transfers from Indiana, the quarterback, yep. Um, yep. obviously had uh, Kalen DeBoer as his uh, coordinator a few years ago when he really mm-hmm. had his best season at Indiana. Yep. Um, they also returned their starting quarterback, Dylan Morse, and they have former five-star Sam Heward. So there's options at quarterback. Um, Penix right. has had lots of injury troubles throughout his career. So I guess I wouldn't be shocked as – as uh, someone who has seen Penix had have highs and lows um, and watched him a lot, I actually wouldn't be shocked if Sam Heward ends up kind of being the guy by the end of the year. Um, okay. But I feel like regardless of what happens, I feel like they're going to get good quarterback play just because you have three what looks like good options. Um, at running back, they actually have um, Texas transfer Mecca Megua. Um, probably remember that name a little bit if you've watched Texas the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um and they have some other players there too. That that's maybe the notable name. If you, yeah, for for your average college football fan, Washington fans might might feel differently. Um, but at the receiver room, I, I think is actually pretty good. Um, it's not super proven, but they have some talent there. Jalen McMillan is a good player. Rome Odunza, I don't know if that's pronounced right. Um, yeah, and and some other options too. Um, and I think just switching from a John Donovan offense to a Kalen DeBoer offense. <laughs> I think that's going to be huge for this team personally. Um, the defense, you know, Jimmy Lake was known as the defensive guy, you know, was a secondaries coach and then became a defensive coordinator. And then, then the head coach and, and was always known as that, that defensive guy, but it was actually slightly disappointing last year, not terrible, mm-hmm. but it, but it was, it was just, it was disappointing. Like their defense was not as good as it should have been last year. Right. Um, and they lost most of their players. They had two really good corners that got drafted. Um, the front seven should still be pretty good. They, you know, it's, it's always going to be Washington. There's always going to have, they're always going to have players in the front seven with names you can't pronounce. Do you, um, I was going to say, pretty do, you, do we want to try this? I like, I'm looking at these now. These are very intimidating names. Feel free. Feel free. Um, I was just going to say they're pretty good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I'm good with, we'll just go with they're good. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, the secondary is a huge question mark, but again, like with this, with a team like this, um, with a new coach, like you're not looking for this team to set the world on fire. 
right. looking for some competence and a clear plan. Am I wrong? No, no, like, no, agreed completely. I, these aren't the days of Chris Peterson. Like, like you're not making yeah. a playoff um, anytime soon. So, no, I a, agreement there for me. I think the getting getting a quarterback in there, we like, I, I know we stress this with almost every new coaching hire, but quarterback play is just so huge for these first year coaches and, and getting a good rapport with your quarterback and the, and the coaching staff is like, it's probably the single biggest thing that a new coach can do. And like, can he do it with Penix? Like, can they kind of get the band back together a little bit back to, you know, like back to his back to when um, he was playing really well maybe it's possible there's talent there. And yeah, I, I just hope one of these guys works out if it does. Yeah. Like, like eight wins, like suddenly you can see that you can see, you know, seven, eight wins and like, we're feeling good, you know, like mm -hmm. recruiting is, he's not going to be able just to jump. I, I don't feel like he's going to be able to jump in and go head to head with Oregon or USC for those guys. That's right. not, that's not, I don't think his MO, but being competent on offense and having an above average quarterback is what is going to win him games in, in the, in the PAC 12. So yeah, I, I, I agree there. I think, I think quarterback play again is, is what he has to figure out day one. Yeah. It's interesting what you just touched on, because if you actually look at some uh, Washington uh, message boards, which I've spent a little bit of time on. Um, okay. Just right, because mostly just when, like Notre Dame and Washington are have a recruiting battle or something. Okay. Um, and, and there was a time, there was a time when it, Washington kept beating Notre Dame, mostly for in-state guys, but you're like, come on, we're Notre Dame. Like we should be able to beat these guys for this four star right. corner or whatever. And right. it seems like those days are gone. Like, and it, they actually believe if you look, if you listen to the fans, they believe uh -huh. they should be a top 20 talent, talent wise team. They, they think they should recruit the top 20. Um, and it hasn't really been reality the last while. No. Oh, so, okay. But, but like what fan base isn't like, have you yeah. been on a Florida state message board or a, even a Florida True. message board? Like you can go on to North Carolina, like, like literally everyone is convinced that they should have a top 20 class. And there's only 20 <laughs> of the top 20 classes. Yeah. Like the days, like I, like what I said, the days of Chris Peterson are it's over. That's that's in the past, and like you do have to accept a new reality here that you're looking for a coach simply to rebound and just steady the program here and have a good offense, and like we'll figure like the defense will be okay, and, and yeah, like like you need to start. You're you're starting over. Yes. It's not like you're you're building on strength like like what Oregon's doing right now. You're not you're not at the same place. You're definitely two or three steps behind them build something consistent win right. the games you're supposed to win right and then your recruiting can follow that a little bit and that's where you take that next step right yeah no agreed so the numbers here i found i found seven and a half i found eight and a half um mm -hmm. for their win total uh, where where are you leaning with washington Ooh. i'm i'm okay i think they can go eight and four okay um I have zero confidence in this. They struck like they have the game against Michigan state, um, like in the non-conference that's like Michigan state's good. Like I'm a fan there. I'm going to have them going over. I have them going eight and four. I'm taking the over low confidence level. Okay. I, I have a theory. <laughs> I, I sort of view Washington a little bit the same way that I viewed Tennessee a year ago. Okay. You, it's that team that's just so, choked by just 
horrible offense, like an offensive mind that does not belong as their head coach. Um, uh-huh. Jeremy Pruitt for Tennessee, obviously Jimmy Lake for Washington. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just having someone who knows how to call plays on offense, it's going to make them a lot more exciting and better, if not like awesome. Like I don't expect them to be awesome, but I think they'll be better. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I'm also going to take the over. I agree with you on that. Um, not super confident. Like this is probably one of my least confident picks in today's episode. Um, but and and I also I realized that Tennessee went seven and six last year. And if Washington does that, then they will be in the they will by definition have hit the under. Uh, also, I think Tennessee probably would have hit this over if they were in the Pac-12 last year. So there is a bit of a difference there. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like. Kalen DeBoer, he's not going to fix the defense from day one. Like, their secondary will give up some stuff, um, right. you know, and that's fine. You're not, you're not trying to win 10 games here. Obviously, you're trying, but that's not the expectation. Go ahead and win eight, and I think they can do that. Um, it's going to be tough. The schedule is actually sneaky tough. Um, just run through it a little bit here. So they start with Kent State, Portland yep. State, Michigan State. That's that, – could be a bit of a swing game. They get him at home um, for the You're second. Not beating year. Michigan State. Probably not. not. State. Probably not. No. I'm a, I'm a slightly more. I'm not quite as high on Michigan State this year as maybe some other people are. But I okay. but I do Fair think enough. like if you're Washington, that's not a that's not one of the that's not one of the eight most likely. Um, okay. Stanford at UCLA at Arizona State. Arizona State. We'll get to that next week, but. Anyone is lying if they tell you that they know what Arizona State will look like halfway through the year or by the end of the year. <laughs> if they even have a coach. Yes. <laughs> yes. Arizona at Cal, Oregon State at Oregon, Colorado at Washington State. So they probably need to win the Apple Cup to get to hit the over here. But I, you know, they usually win the Apple Cup um, last year, notwithstanding. So, yeah. Any disagreement there? What do you think of my Tennessee take? <laughs> no, I, I like that. That's kind of where I was trending. Like Kalen DeBoer is like, yeah, Jimmy Lake has suppressed that offense so much. Like I would agree with you there. Like he, he was a defensive guy and yeah, I, I really hope that that's the case. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case and that they can like, if they come in and have any, just even a, a, a nice little offensive rhythm. I think they can win eight games. I do. Like, I, they're more talented mm-hmm. than a lot of these teams that they'll be playing. Um, and they'll have more dudes there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm maybe not quite as optimistic. Like, this for me, this is – I have to go over-under. I have to make a – and I don't feel great about the under, so, like, I'm going over, but just low confidence because, like, I think Vegas nailed it with this number. That's kind of right where I've got them. So, yeah, yeah it, could, it could go either way. I just – I hope to see an improvement on, on offense. I think yeah. that's all. Okay, let's move on. Next is Oregon State, seven and six a year ago, um, five and four in conference. Jonathan Smith entering his fifth season at Oregon State. Um, they're over under set at five and a half or six and a half, depending where you look. Um, sneaky good team. Um, top twenty offense last year, according to some models. Chance Nolan was the was the quarterback last year because Tristan Jebbia kind of got hurt. Um, they're both back. Um, so they have options. Now they did they didn't miss out on JT Daniels. They were going hard after him. So it does make you wonder if maybe they're not quite as confident in their quarterback room as 
Maybe some people are. Um, but I do think that Chance Nolan, Tristan Jebbia are solid options at the worst. Um, the name I'm hearing this summer is Damian Martinez, a true freshman running back. Um, they love him. He's probably going to be the day one starter. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's Oregon State. Like, if you have someone that turns out to be a stud from day one, you can start at a place like Oregon State as a true freshman. And I expect that to happen. That sounded like a blow. Like, that was not supposed to sound so negative. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Oregon State fans. Damian Martinez is going to be a stud. Just focus on the positive. Um, really good offensive line, by the way. Like, they, they actually have one of the better offensive line coaches in the country. Have a, have a good offensive line. Um, the defense is where the question marks are. Um, this is your classic good offense, questionable defense team. The defensive line is the major weakness on, of the defense. They return most of their back eight. Um, the secondary is the strength of their defense. Kind of a basic good offense, bad defense team where it really comes down to if their defense is average, they could be pretty good. Fair enough. What do you think? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Jonathan Smith, I like people, people go back and there's people that love him. There's people that are not a fan at all. The whole JT thing, like I'm a JT fan, JT Stan, I guess we can say mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a like, yeah, would have been much more excited had they got him. That sounds terrible again. So, no, I'm not sure. I get, this is another program I'm not sure about. Sure. Like the, so the, you say you can get five and a half. I'm just seeing six and a half. I'm only looking at, um, that is DraftKings. Can, can you get five and a half on that number? Uh, let me, let me double check. When I did this, when I checked okay. these numbers yesterday, I found five and a half. Okay. Um, right on. Like, okay, so yes, like, quick, I still, have, I still a, have a five and a half available, I believe. Okay, so they have a hard schedule. Like, we're not going to just gloss over the fact that they're, they're True. opening with Bo Boise State at Fresno State is yes. no joke. Going to Fresno State is not a joke. You're right. Um, you, you play USC, Oregon. Um, you're also going to play Washington and um, at Utah. Utah. Mm -hmm. At Utah. So, that, like, oh, that, like, <laughs> They're going to get bloodied in some of those games. It's, it's, yeah, it's difficult. Um, and by the way, like their one FCS team that they play, Montana State, is not a, not a bad team. No, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Uh, they have to go to Washington. Now, I will say, I like this team enough, and, I, and I'm kind of down on some of the other Pac 12 teams. Um, for example, mm -hmm. we'll get to some of them later, but I do think there are some pretty clear wins on this, on this schedule. Um, yeah. I'm taking the over five and a half. Just get right to it. Um, I just trust them enough on offense. Even if their defense is not awesome, like even if it's not even quite average, if it's just a repeat of a year ago, I trust yeah. them to win probably seven games, which would be over even the six and a half number. So I realize the schedule's tough. Um, I think they're very capable of beating basically everybody on the schedule, except probably at Utah. That's, that's a tall task. Um, just because Utah is so good up front. I um, mean, it's on the road. And then, you know, like they don't normally beat Oregon. I know you don't want to hear that. Oregon State fans that you can't beat your rival. I'm not saying you can't. Most likely a loss, though. But the rest of their games, there's a lot that are tough, but I think all of them, like, they have a fighting chance at worst in the rest of their games. Mm -hmm. 
this is a team that went seven and six last year. Is that right? That's I mean, right. That's just what I, what I pulled up. They were seven and six last year, yes. um, which was their best year in a while. So yeah. the, like you, you look at like, they get to play Arizona state, Cal, um, Colorado, Washington state, Stanford, and Montana state. Like that six of them right there that you're feeling like those are wins. Like we can win those games. And if you go six, even six and six and get bowl eligible, like, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're making your money. So like with the number at five and a half, I will go over um, moderate degree of confidence, maybe like a, like on a scale of one to 10, more, more like a, a three or four um, okay. in the confidence. So yeah, like a lot of, tr- a lot of tricky games. And we had those, those don't even like, yeah, bring in the Boise or Fresno state um, games, which I mean, those are winnable, but tricky. So yeah, yeah I feel fairly good about it, I guess. Like, Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm not sold on Jonathan. Are, are you like, like you said, like, this is one of your strongest bets of the year. You told me this like, yes. before the show, like, tell me, tell me why, like, I want to get into this. Why it's, it's the offense. I just trust Jonathan Smith to be, to be good. It's the offensive line. They have good quarterbacks, Damian Martinez. If he's as good as everyone there says he is, you don't have to be all that good in the Pac-12, I don't think, to win six or seven games. And for those keeping track at home, like we've made six total picks now between us and all six were over. There's some unders coming. Just wait. Like, <laughs> there are unders to be had. Um, there are some teams in the Pac-12 that can be got. Um, Oregon State fans feel like they can actually compete for their division, if you will, um, even though it's not, that's not how it works this year. Like they feel like they have a fighting chance to even beat Oregon this year because Oregon has the first year coach and all that. Um, There's like I said, like I would pick against them when they play Utah and Oregon and probably like USC. Okay. Other than that, I, is there any other game where they are actually for sure an underdog maybe at Washington that that's the only one that to me is a slam dunk underdog pick for Oregon state. I feel just, I just feel really solid. Like I trust them. Um, Mm -hmm. not, not to be awesome, but to be very good on offense and to put up a lot of points. Okay. What else do you need? That's no, fair enough. We, we both agree that this is not overall, there's not much depth in the pack 12, like the bottom end of this, of this conference is not good. Like we're just going to go ahead and say that. So Yeah. You're right. There are some some wins to be had. Um, I mean, I don't like. I don't think Washington State is going to be particularly tough. I think you'll. Yeah. Like. Okay. We'll we'll get into them in a bit. But yeah, I, I, I'm taking it. I'm. I I don't feel as good about it as you do. Um, obviously, <laughs> it's just still wanting to see just a maybe just a little bit more from Jonathan Smith. And and they don't really have a star. Like it's hard for someone to latch on to a team on the West Coast that doesn't. Like they're kind of nameless, faceless guys a little bit. Like they win. Like, yeah, no, they have a good team. They put up points, but they're not maybe maybe they don't get quite enough pub for me to to be seeing them and get excited about it. Maybe that could be partially sure. it for me. Um, because yeah, there, there's no like the results have been there on the field. Like they're they like last year was the best year they've had in a while, and we should be excited about that. Like the trajectory is going up. So yeah, like let's let's I'm I'm here for it. I'm here to watch. How about yeah. that? By the way, um, like just a betting tip out there. Like if I was actually putting my own legit money on this bet, I would take the six and a half number 
um, on DraftKings, okay. you can get that number at plus 115. Um, mm-hmm. So there's good value there. Um, FanDuel has the five and a half number and the over there is at minus 145. So that's okay. actually like fairly heavily juiced to the over at five and a half. Um, Vegas thinks they're going to win six games. Um, I think they're going to probably win seven at okay. least. At okay. least. Hey, so let's go. if I was actually betting on this, I would take the six and a half number and risk it like because it's better value in okay. my opinion. But that's yeah. how confident I am. Like I, I feel fairly confident taking the over even on a six and a half number. Okay. I like it. I like the, I like the confidence there. Better the year, better the year from Vince. One of my darlings. Let's okay. go. Let's go. All right. Um, next is a team that is not one of my darlings for the year. And that is Cal. <laughs> um, five and seven a year ago. <laughs> that was a segue. Yes. Five, five and seven last year, four and five in conference. Justin Wilcox is going into this, into his sixth season. Wow. Um, so last year, according to F plus, their offense was number 82 in the country and is projected to be even worse this year. Um, that's just gotta be the story of Cal. Like Justin Wilcox actually turned down the Oregon job apparently. Um, yeah. And he's has, he has really turned them into a, a very good defensive team, I would say. Um, like they, mm-hmm. they've been good on defense Their defense last year, according to F plus, was number forty-eight, which was a step down for them because they, they've previous years they've had a better defense than that. They've had like maybe the best defense in the Pac-12 some years, um, and it seemed like it, it took a bit of a step back last year. SP plus projects that to get a little better, 39th this coming season, um, defensively. Okay, and I think they'll be good on defense. Like they they bring in the Washington transfer Jackson Sermon at linebacker. Um, mm-hmm who was an established starter. Um, there's not a ton of, of returning starters on defense, but they feel decent about most of the positions. The problem is the offense. Um, the offense has just been bad and with like little to no sign of getting a lot better. They have a few talented skill position guys, but they lost three of their five starting offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, quarterback is interesting. They brought in Jack Plummer from Purdue. Um, yeah. and they have, they have a former four-star Kai Milner. Um, so, like, it'll be one of those guys, most likely Jack Plummer, I would say, but he wasn't exactly a guy that lit the world on fire, and he was in a very quarterback-friendly system at Purdue. Yeah. And Cal is not that. Um, <laughs> yeah. They were 120th in yards per game last year. Like, like if, that, if that tells you where, like, where they're at on the scale, 120th isn't, like, that's just not great. So – yeah, like it's and and to go, yeah. Let's not get too much into this. Let's just go with the number. The number is five and a half, right? Yes. Um, I'm going under, and I have I apologize for my confidence out there in this <laughs> under Cal fans. I don't see six wins on your schedule. I don't like I I I don't see how you get there. So, yeah. All, all that aside, you, you, the, I think maybe also a problem, you don't get to play Arizona State, which is probably an automatic win, which is <laughs> a bummer. You don't get Arizona State. So, no, you don't go bowling this year. I think you, you I think four and eight, five and seven is, is more your range. So, yeah, apologies for the confidence here, but um, I probably would bet on the Cal under. So, looking at their schedule, I'll run through it. They open with UC Davis and UNLV, mm-hmm. and they have to go to Notre Dame. Then they get Arizona. Yep. So like 
they could be three and one um, coming Possibly. out of September. Yeah, and they have to go to Washington State, mm-hmm. which that's tough because some of these swing games are going to de- determine like if they actually can go bowling or not. And they're and, away. And they're yeah. yeah at Washington State at Colorado. You know they can probably beat Colorado. Uh, Washington at home, Oregon at home, at USC, at Oregon State. Again, kind of a swing game that you might need. And I don't think you're going to get Stanford at home and then UCLA at home. So I would pick them to win against UC Davis, UNLV, Arizona, Colorado, probably Stanford. But to me, that feels like four and eight is more likely than six and six. Agreed. So I'm also on the under. Feel fairly confident in it like you do. Um, I kind of liked Justin Wilcox like a couple years ago when it, when he had so clearly turned their defense around. Yeah. And Chase Garbers, you know, he started off like winning his first eight games as a starter or something. Yeah. And it, it was, was just exciting. like, ooh, Cal. And maybe Kai Milner becomes that guy, I guess. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying there's no chance. Uh-huh. Um, and this might end up looking bad at the end of the year. But at this point, it feels like the arrow is pointing down. Hey, Cal fans, if you have any problems with us, um, go and check our record from last year. We're darn good at this. So, like, for what that's worth, we're right more than we're wrong. Just saying. Oh, man. I'm, I'm actually curious. I'm curious to see what where the juice is on this line. Um, I want to see what Vegas thinks. The uh, I've got it right here. The juice is on the over, actually. Interesting. That is. That is very interesting. That makes me, yeah. Makes me curious. I'm still on the under. Still on the um, under. The juice on FanDuel is on the under. So. Okay. Okay. So DraftKings is on the over. Okay. So we're we're okay. So pretty much it's a wash then. At least there's not consensus. Yeah. So I guess if you're going to bet, go to DraftKings and take the under. There you go. <laughs> that, that is my advice. Um, all right. Let's move on. Next we have Washington State. Um, okay. Seven and six a year ago. Yeah. In a very weird year. Um, a lot going on there. Uh, with vaccines and whatnot six and three in conference um jake dickert took over partly through the year yeah um so it's technically his second year there for his first full season um Mm -hmm. did a pretty good job of like keeping the team together obviously they went seven and six like that's that's not nothing at washington state right and they bring in cameron ward um quarterback from incarnate word who kind of lit the fcs on fire a year ago um, and actually had some fairly big time offers um, from other bigger name schools, I would venture to say, than Washington State. Not a, not a shot against Washington State. It's more just saying Cameron Ward was a get. Um, okay. They did lose two good running backs. Um, I, I don't know how they feel about the receivers. I don't know a whole lot about them, but I, I, you have no. to believe that Cameron Ward, like the offense sort of, in my opinion, like it, it hinges on how good this quarterback can be. Mm-hmm. Um, the offensive line is a pretty major concern. Um, yeah, like I said, like how good is Cam Reward? We're going to find out because if their offense puts up points, it's because of him most likely and not a whole lot else. Um, their defense actually projects to be decent. They return all four defensive line starters. Um, the one name they really like is their linebacker, Dayon Henley, I believe. I'm hearing mm-hmm. that, hearing a little yep. bit of buzz on him this right. summer. Um the number is at five and a half, which would actually like if they go. I think it's probably schedule based because if they if they go half a game over, that's actually still a step down from a year ago. 
Um, actually, I don't, know, I don't know that to be a fact. I don't know if they won their bowl game or not. I'm not sure. So they they do have like just something to note in their non-con. They play at Wisconsin in week two. So they take a, a road trip. That's always tough when you have like a big like for for over unders. If you're if you're talking about like season win totals, like a, a really tough non-conference game like really throws this off a bit. Like it's really tough to like yeah. it, it, it does. It throws a, a kind of a big wrench in your plans. Um, you, you do get to play Arizona State, which is nice. You get to play both Arizona schools. So, mm-hmm. like, you feel like those are kind of winnable. Um, you also get to play Idaho and Colorado State. So, yep. then you have Cal, you know, like that. You feel like you can probably win that one. Five and a half. Th- this one's, for me, I like, I'll just go right to it. Mm-hmm. I have them going five and seven. Um, Same. I, that, that's just where I'm at. So, I have them going under just slightly. Um, yeah. Like, you have you have agreement. Have we disagreed on a pick? Yet? No. <laughs> We need to start disagreeing. Some more. Apparently, the pod, the pod is better when we disagree. So whatever you pick next time, I'm disagreeing with. Okay, all right. Um, and and you can pick first. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, there's so much unknowns at Washington State though too. Like we're yeah, gone are the days of 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 Leach and what was the quarterback he plays for the Jaguars now? Um, or or sorry, he 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 did play for the Jaguars. Oh, um, uh, mustache guy. Yeah. Oh, that wow, that's bad. I'm blanking. He's the backup for the Eagles now, but like, like those days are gone. Jean shorts, yeah, he liked to wear those jorts or whatever. <laughs> but like that guy, like th- that was fun. Like they were they were out there getting after it and throwing for a bunch of yards. Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew, yeah. Then yeah. you had the debacle of of last year and and all that came with that. Maybe that's unfair to the kids. Like, yeah, it, whatever. The it, uh, probably just another reason why USC and yeah, UCLA leave like the Pac-12 just had they had so much COVID trouble and they made it such a big deal like maybe a bigger deal than than what it needed to be sometimes even but yeah and the the, the programs that are serious leave so mm-hmm. Washington State we'll we'll see I guess that's that's my official stance um I have them going just under um but I think it's close you know what I might have changed my mind okay um so I'm looking through through their schedule yep let me let me count Count these all as wins. All right, this is what I'm predicting as wins. Idaho, Colorado State, yeah. Cal. I just said I was down on Cal. Yep. I'm going to say they beat Stanford on the road. Okay. And then the Arizona schools. Okay, six. There you go. So That's all I'll you go need. six and six. I'm saying that Cameron Ward will be the difference maker. Um, it's a tough schedule. Like you said, the Wisconsin and the non-con – yeah, that's that's harsh. Um, and they have USC and Utah from the south. Yeah, like it's not an easy schedule. Um, I originally had five and seven here. I I think I like for their sake that the Arizona State game is at the end of the year. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's in that's in November. Um, So I think by then Arizona State might be a tire fire. So maybe they win that game when they otherwise <laughs> would. Are they not already? I guess maybe that's what I'm saying. More of a tire how, fire. How much more can you even get? Like, what a disaster they have going on. Uh, anyway, yeah, agreed. Okay. So, I, yeah. oh, sorry, disagree. I agree that we disagree. Yes. I'm, I'm going hard on the under there. I just, I can't understand how you, you've seen to, to, to give them six. Points. We need some disagreements here, man. There we go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's mostly just like, I like Cameron Ward. Maybe he drags them to six wins. Okay. All right. Next, um, the last team here that we have from the Pac-12, 
Uh, yep. Miss Stanford, yep. three and nine a year ago, two and seven in the conference. David mm-hmm. Shaw entering his twelfth season. Yes. Um, last year, they honestly they were terrible on both offense and defense. <laughs> the hilarious yeah. thing: so they won three games a year ago. Two of those three were USC and Oregon. Yeah. Is that not amazing? <laughs> they they beat they like. Okay, so they lost to Kansas State week one last year. No shame in that. Then you come sure. out, they actually drub USC by two scores. <laughs> like, they beat them down by 14 points. They beat Vanderbilt, and and then they beat Oregon. Like, they beat Oregon by a touchdown, and then they just followed up with, like, loss after loss. Like, they lost to Arizona State. They lost to Washington. Um, they lost to Cal. They got blown out by Cal by 30 points. Like, how is that even the same team? Like, it's it's, yeah, agree. Just baffling. Yeah. Um, so SP plus rejects them to be number 77 in the country this year. That's, that's a little rough. Um, there, there are some bright spots though. Um, Tanner okay. McKee, their quarterback is pretty yep. good. Yeah, it's uh, very good. They have good tight end. Of course, they're Stanford, um, uh, Benjamin Urasek. Um, he's kind of a star, I would say the, re- the receivers are decent. And one thing I would say is they did have some injuries, um, in their receiver room a year ago. So I, I do expect that to be better. Um, I think they're going to have a, no pun intended, passable passing game. <laughs> um, their offensive line returns all five starters, but it's one of those offensive lines that was pretty terrible last year. Yeah. Um, they allowed all of the sacks. Um, and th- it's not that they don't have any good players, but the problem with offensive line is you need five good players. And Walter Ellis, I think, is a pretty good left tackle. They might have one yeah. other guy that they like, but – the offensive line, yeah, like I guess it can't get worse than last year um, because they do have all five returning. Like, um, their top two, their top two running backs both transferred out, um, but they do have EJ Smith, Emmett Smith's son, who will probably be their running back starter, I would guess. Mm-hmm. The defense is interesting because it seemed like for most of the years under David Shaw, when they were good and winning games, their defense was always solid. Um, it okay. was always probably the strength of their team, although they had, you know, they had good quarterback play and off, uh, offensive line play and stuff. Right. Um, but their defense down. was always good. Yeah. Um, the problem is the last couple of years, their defense has really fallen off. There's this year they're switching from a three, four to a four, three, um, which might fit the players. They do have a little better, but their defensive line depth is terrible. The numbers there are horrible. Um, they have walk-ons that are going to be in the rotation. Um, they have a few decent edge guys. Um, David Bailey, I want to say, is like kind of a big name there. A few secondary players maybe that are, you know, solid, but mostly their defense is a bunch of meh. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. It, it feels like the arrow is pointing down, but there are some players there, and they it does seem like they – like okay, I think they just signed like number 18 class in the country. Like they still somehow recruit not horribly. The line here is four and a half. Yeah. The – it, it okay. You got you got to be careful what you say, but it it seems like David Shaw could be like like does he care? Does he even care? <laughs> and it seems in the games that he does care, like Stanford Stanford in in the years like Stanford in their heyday, like in the in the like right after Harbaugh and like like the first years of David Shaw, they they were never they never out athleted anybody. Like they lined up in a phone booth. They physically beat you down for four quarters. 
and they had like they had good defense they did and they they had really good quarterback play like Andrew mm-hmm. Buck comes to mind they still had good court Davis Mills is, is the starter for the Texans now came from there Tanner McKee is is a good quarterback he's yeah. a junior this year and like they had they still have good quarterback play like it I, I, I don't understand I don't understand how the same team that can beat USC and Oregon and then turn around and get drubbed by 30 to by Cal. I don't understand that. And there's no, like the something's, something's off there. I, I don't, I don't believe it's a talent issue because I don't think Stanford ever, like they never, they never played to you know, just having a whole bunch of five stars. They were never Georgia. Like they had a whole different system that they bought into. Hmm. And yeah, I like, I guess I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why he's still there. Like, like how is he still there? If he, if he has losses like that to Cal, because like if he, if this was anywhere in the south, he'd be long gone. Like he would have long since been gone. Uh, Auburn would have fired him so many years ago. It's just unbelievable. So <laughs> yeah, like I, I I don't know. Like so the, the number is four and a half, right? Like they do get to play Colgate, and like the, the non-con isn't great. They play BYU and Notre Dame in the in the non-conference. Yes, like, those are tough games, man. Those are like darn tough games. Yes. Um. Jeepers, you're you're getting you still get Utah and the crossover from the South, that hurts. Like that's that's not easy. Um, play USC as well. Like I don't see how they get to five. The number's four and a half, right? That's what I had anyway. Yeah. I don't I don't see them getting to five. But on like on the other hand, like they could absolutely come out and go seven and five. You know you know what I mean? Like like because they that's how that's how they could do it. Like they could quarterback quarterback play their way to seven and five schedules or seven and five records. So yeah, I, I'm going under cause just because it's something feels wrong there, I guess is that's my final answer. That schedule is ridiculous. It's brutal, um, brutal. They have one guaranteed win Colgate and you know, they, they don't get to play. Okay. Let's look at, let's look at this schedule a little bit. Yeah. Um, they do get Cal. They get to play Cal. They get Cal, but even that's on the road yeah. um, in a rivalry it, it, game. At Cal is not intimidating. Come on, they they don't get to play like Colorado or Arizona. Right. They get Arizona State, but it's still in October, so maybe they're not completely (laughs) like. But you know, they might beat Arizona State. But we're looking to get five wins, and you can maybe find three. Like yeah, and then you never know. Like obviously, last year they beat USC and Color and uh, Oregon. It's Stanford. Like, I suppose that that would happen, but with that hard of a schedule and as crappy as they were on both sides of the line last year, yeah, I I guess my prediction is that they probably go 3-9 again. Okay. Fair and enough. I don't even know what the three wins are. I'm just going to do them the service of, of giving them a third win somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> only, only two for sure. They're going to beat Arizona State and Colgate. Maybe they'll get Cal. Yeah. Okay, so we're both on the under. So yep. we agreed on every team in the Pac-12 except for I talked myself into Washington State's over. So we'll see how that yeah. works out. Okay. All right. So I want to talk about, about a few uh, other teams here, um, G5 teams, if you will, whatever you want to call BYU, future mm-hmm. P5 team, I guess. Um, yeah. Ten and three a year ago, uh, Kalani Sataki entering his seventh season at yes, BYU. Sir. He's done a pretty good job there. Last year, their offense, according to F Plus, was number seven in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an excellent offense a year ago. Their defense was pretty bad, 84th in the country. Yep. Um, and SP Plus projects them to be the 25th best team in the country this year, 13th 
13th in offense, 49th on defense, which would, be, which would obviously be quite the step up. Mm-hmm. Um, they're loaded with returning starters. Um, very few players that actually have to replace. The quarterback, Jaron Hall, is really good and had a great mm-hmm. season a year ago. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They really didn't miss did. Zach Wilson, I would say, at all. Um, no. Good receivers led by Puka Nakua. Um, really good offensive line. And I would say, like, the reason their defense was – pretty bad last year or part of the reason I don't want to put it all on this, but they did have a lot of injuries. Um, And you have to feel like obviously that'll hurt your season, but it might help you the next season, that type of situation. So, so I feel like their, their defense will probably take a fairly decent step forward. Their linebackers should be the strength of their defense. Um, The story here though, is the schedule, right? Like it's a crazy schedule. When you look through it, it's like we like you go on like the like NCAA football game, rest in peace, but it's coming back soon. That's right. But like you, you just pick like like just random teams, like you hit the random button a whole bunch of times. You start out <laughs> with South Florida at in Tampa. So you go to Tampa, then you come back to Provo and you play Baylor comes to you. And then you go to Eugene, Oregon and play and play University of Oregon. And then you go back home and, and then Wyoming comes. And then you go, you go then you play Utah State. Then you play a neutral site game in Nevada, but I mean, so kind of neutral against Notre Dame yes. for whatever reason, then Arkansas comes to town and then you go to play Liberty. Like, like what? Like, we're, we're just making things up. You play Utah tech in there. Some like that's okay. Like, I've never yeah. heard of them. You go to Stanford, you, you go to Boise, like East Carolina, who's like sneaky good, like comes out and plays. It's like, there's no real cupcakes on here. Like, except for Utah tech, like it's a Dix- good schedule. Dixie state. Is that what is that? Am I seeing that right? Well, okay. Are you saying a Dixie State? No, I don't. We're, we're, I might be looking at the wrong schedule. I have a Utah Utah Tech. I have a Utah Tech November nineteenth. Uh, that's, that's who I've got. Everyone else is okay. Like every, every other um, school is is. It must have. It, I must be looking at the wrong schedule. That's my bad. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Utah Tech. I guess would also like. I don't know that I knew that, that such a thing existed. No, um, but it's such an interesting schedule. Um, yeah. And it is good at the top. Like they have good enough schedule to make the playoff. Like if they yeah. win most of their games, um, if they if they beat if they beat Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, like you can't tell me like like that's four wins that can go up against anybody's. Like that that, that though that might be the best four wins that anyone has in the country. It's honestly kind of a murderer's row at the top. <laughs> yeah, those those four games. You know, plus you got at Liberty, at Boise State, and at Stanford. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sign me up to watch some of this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I do think that is that is excellent um, scheduling if you want to, like, make a statement. Pretty poor scheduling if you actually want to win a ton of games and guarantee yourself. But I do think they're a good enough team that they actually – like, I don't expect them to lose all four of those big-name games. Like, I don't think no. they will. No, I don't um, think so either. Also, just how funny is it to have the Mormons and Catholics playing in Las Vegas, the Sin City? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that in Sin City. Yeah, there you go. And then later they go and play at the Baptist. So yeah, yeah, in Lynchburg. There you go. So <laughs> well, and they 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 have the ba- Baylor actually also the Baptist. Oh Catholic, yeah, right? that would be the actual Baptist. I don't even know if Liberty is Liberty more of evangelical. I don't know. I whatever. think I think Liberty's bad. It doesn't matter, but yeah, no, they're, they're yeah. playing. They're all religious. All the religions are getting yeah. together. They go out to Stanford and play the nerds too. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> the heathens. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that. Uh, eight no. and a half is the number here. Um, what do you think? 
um, because it does feel like they have a quality enough team to to go over. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a tough schedule. Um, yeah, at Liberty, at Boise State, and at Stanford are your fifth through seventh toughest games, probably. Um, that's not a cakewalk. I know we just talked about Stanford being pretty bad, but your top six are really good. So, so eight and a half is the number. Is that right? Yes. I don't see how they get to nine wins. I, I know you said that like those four tough games that we talked about, Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that they'll lose all of those, but like Liberty is tricky. Liberty and Lynchburg is tricky. Boise sure. state in Boise is tricky. Like even and East Carolina, East, East Carolina is decent. Utah yeah. state could be decent. Wyoming from time to time has surprised yeah, people. Sure. So the, I'm going to go under, I'm going to say eight and four. That's where I'm going. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I really like how they scheduled though. Like this is entertaining. Yeah. This is good content. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Good props to them. Props to them for scheduling like an, an interesting, an interesting non-conference or they don't have a conference, I guess. So that makes it easy, but it's, it's interesting if nothing else, entertainment. Am I missing something? Do they not play the Holy War this year? Utah? I don't have it. Do you? That's that would be news to me. I just noticed that when I was looking at the schedule. Um, I don't see Utah under schedule. That's interesting. Okay. I'm sure there's a story. Utah, uh, BYU fans, fill us in on the comments down below. Yeah. Tell us why you're not playing Utah this year. Yeah, I don't. I don't have Utah playing. I'm checking Utah schedule. They're not. They don't have them. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Crazy. Where, where right. are you at, by the way? I'm leaning over. Um, okay. For no other reason than I want to have another disagreement with you, but but I actually really do think this is like a quality quality team. Yeah. Um, they get Baylor at home. Yeah. I feel like that might actually be a win. Like. They might okay. beat Baylor. Um, they get Arkansas at home. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame is is neutral site, you know, which I'd imagine that would probably be more Notre Dame fans. But you know, BYU also has fans that travel, and it's closer. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah, BYU will show up for that game. Yeah, they they will show up. Um, their top four games. The only road game is at Oregon, um, and that's not a penciled in loss to me. Even that no. one. Even that one, I feel like they can. They can play with Oregon. Um, Agreed. Agreement. Yeah. So my thinking is they probably find a way to win one of those four, if not two. And I think I just trust them more than Liberty, Boise, Stanford, Utah State, East Carolina. Um, I really like this team. You have a top 10 offense. I mean, you could beat a lot of teams playing playing that way. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so I'll take the over. Um, okay. But not this is not one of my confident ones. Gotcha. Okay, let's go to Houston. Um, Twelve and two a year ago, eight and zero in the AAC. Um, Dana Holgerson entering his fourth season there. Um, according to some of the advanced models, they were number thirty-eight in the country last year. Thirty-eight on offense, twenty-one on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, SP Plus projects him to be forty-four this year. Um, forty-six on offense, forty-two on defense. So you might be wondering why we're even talking about them, but a lot of places have them as a borderline top 25 team, um, poll-wise. Um, I don't know. Do you have thoughts about Houston this year? 
Yeah. Interesting, interesting team. Like when you, when you compare schedules, like just coming up, like we just looked at the BYU schedule. Now you come look at their schedule. It's much more manageable. <laughs> um, I guess anything is kind of compared to that murderer's row. Um, number was eight and a half here again. Is that right? I have nine. Nine. Okay. But let me, go, let me, are we going to go with a half number just to make, so it's for rounding purposes and such? Well, let me double check that. Um, from my perspective, okay. you could, if you can find it online, feel free to use whichever one you want. I'm looking at nine on DraftKings, and I'll just check. Oh, it's not on FanDuel. Um, check another site quickly. Okay. Uh, also see nine on another site. So the yeah, saying okay. nine. Gotcha. Right. There's they don't have many losses like on this. They they're better than most of these teams that they're playing. Without a doubt, the, they do have some mutual, um, some, some mutual games with BYU. You know, they both play uh, um, East Carolina as well. Right. Like so, there, there's like, mutual opponents there. They're not. They went. They went twelve and two last year. They're not on on BYU level. Like I, like I think maybe we're kind of propping them up to be. That, okay, they are not BYU Cincinnati. They are a a a significant there like that being said that that you don't have to be way up there to still be a really good group of five team like you're still going to win a whole bunch of games so yeah the the number at, at nine like i feel like that number is about right on um i they do have they open up week one against texas tech um where they go to texas uh, tech. So i think like, it's yeah. i mean that that's that's legitimate so do they not play? Am I, am I looking at the wrong one? Sorry, I am. Do they not open Ash. at UTSA? No, they, they they have UTSA. Sorry, yeah, yeah. that's the wrong. They, week two is Texas Tech. My yes. bad. So they have they yeah they do get UTSA. Um, the I I don't know I don't know I'm not, let me give me a minute to still think about this number a little bit. I'm still rolling. Well, let me let me talk about the team a little bit while you think about it. So I actually like this team a fair um a fair bit um. Alton McCaskill, their star running back, did tear his ACL in spring practice. Um, so there's a chance he'll miss the entire season. But their quarterback, Clayton Toon, is really good. Uh, receiver, Nathaniel Dell, is a star. Um, and they feel really good about a true freshman, Matthew Golden, um, another receiver who, I guess, is one of the highest-ranked um, recruits in program history. Um, and it sounds like he's just – he tore it up in the spring. Um, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, they feel good about that. I have a bit of a hot take on their defensive side. Um, Doug Belk, their defensive coordinator, I think he has a chance to be the next Marcus Freeman. Um, he's oh, wow. kind of that. He's kind of that young, exciting defensive coordinator, um, and he was actually on the list for for Notre Dame to hire a defensive coordinator when when Marcus Freeman was promoted to head coach. Um, and I think I think one of the reasons he went with Al Golden is because um, there's there's some benefit to having maybe the elder statesman. Um, you know, to compliment the young head coach. But I think sure. Doug, I think Doug Belk is kind of that next up and coming group of five stud defensive coordinator that gets a big job sooner or later. Um, the defensive line is awesome. It's really good. They are replacing two NFL draft picks, picks at corner. So that's probably the biggest question mark on their defense. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about Doug Belk in December, the way we talked about Marcus Freeman two years ago um, at Cincinnati. 
Just saying. So the so you're going over. Like that's I am going over that. Pretty confident in it. Um a year ago they played Cincinnati in the AAC championship game. I expect a rematch. Um I think they will I think they will both make it again. And I actually I'm not quite sure where I'm going with who will win, but I I make it almost a coin flip. Like I do trust this Houston team a lot. I think they will be better than some of the projections um, that I just shared. Um, just because I feel like when you have a good quarterback, some good receivers, and a great defense, that goes a long that goes a long way. So I trust this team. Yeah, no doubt. No, like yeah, like those things are like yeah, quarterback play. I know we kind of keep coming back to that, but like yeah, yeah. Ma- massive for some of these these schools that are trying to get there. Um, I guess when you're Georgia, it doesn't matter who you start at quarterback, but yeah, for most people it does. Um, so you're over and you're confident in it. Yes. I'm going, we, we have disagreement here. Nice. I will be taking the under, I think the, well, okay. Do we get a push at nine? Say, say they go 93. Yeah. Do we just push? Like, do I yeah. push on that? Okay. Yep. So yeah, I'll take the under. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think there's some fairly tough games on here. I think going at Navy is tricky. I think at Texas tech is tricky. Um, UTSA just coming off of their year for the ages. Yeah. Um, week one could be a little interesting. So, yeah, I think like overall, this is a, a schedule that has a ton of depth to it. You could, you do get to play sure. Kansas and Rice <laughs> might, might be the two easiest teams on there. Um, but yeah, like there's a ton of depth there. Even like Tulsa, Tulsa was good last year, sure. like in certain spots and people don't really talk about it. So the AAC the, is actually a good conference. Sneaky good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not even sneaky good. Maybe just good. Yeah. Um, I think, I think nine and three, eight and four, I think eight and four is more likely than 10 and two. Um, I'm going to go with the under there. We have disagreement, which is huge. Nice. I like it. All right. Um, so one final team we want to talk about is Cincinnati, obviously 13 and one a year ago, eight and zero in conference made the, made the playoff. Uh, Luke Fickle entering his sixth season. Um, and it wasn't just that they um, snuck by a good schedule and made it to the playoff. Like the advanced numbers actually had them as a really good team. Um, F plus had them as the number five team in the country, the number 18 offense and number nine defense. There's not a lot of teams in the country that have legit top 20 um, team uh, units on both sides of the ball. Um, and that was a reality for Cincinnati a year ago. SP plus projects right. them as 11 in the country this year. And that's after losing a ton of players, number 18 on offense, number 19 on defense. They're still supposed to be top 20 on both sides of the ball. Um, they actually set the yep. group of five record um, with NFL with nine NFL draftees, um, which is crazy. Like, think about it. A group of five team had nine players drafted. Right. Um, and they're still supposed to be a top 20 team. Um, their quarterback will be former four star Evan Prater, I believe was the highest ranked um, recruit in program history. Um, he's been sitting behind uh-huh. um, Desmond Ritter for a while, finally gets his shot. There's also a possibility that Ben Bryant will be the guy, but most people think it's going to be Evan Prater. Um, the running back, obviously, they lose Jerome Ford, the Alabama transfer, um, and they bring in an LSU transfer to replace him. That is Corey Kiner. Um, so, like, in a weird way, like, I know there's the strength of their offense was probably those two guys plus the receiver Alec, Alec Pierce a year ago. But, like, they yeah. might not be any worse, really, like, at quarterback and running back or not significantly worse. Like, they'll probably be a little worse, but I don't know that you're going to see a huge drop off. Um, so not a whole lot of respect for Desmond Ritter is what I'm hearing from you. 
right? Right. That guy balled. I'm just saying that guy was a ball player last year, a playmaker. You got to at least call him a playmaker, right? That was a yeah. team like he, he's with the Falcons now and like he could win that starting job. You can't tell me that you just lost a possible NFL starter and you're thinking that like we got another one there. You know, it's, it's possible. That, here. It's possible that Evan Prater is that guy too. I mean, he was a highly okay. ranked player coming out of high school. Fair um, and yeah, Ritter was good. But Cincinnati was not winning purely because of him. Like they had studs everywhere. No. Agreed. They had studs Agreed. everywhere. Yeah. They still have good receivers even after losing Alec Pierce. Their tight end, Josh Wiley, he could have been the 10th draftee. Um, he decided to come back. Um, their entire offensive line returns. Looking at their defense, um, lost a bunch of players. Obviously, the two corners were the, you know, they probably had the top corner tandem in the country. Um, but there's there's some others, there's some some of the names to keep an eye on. Um, they also lost some other players that you that most of us know. But here are the names to look forward for in the future. Juwan Briggs, their nose tackle. Malik Vanner, defensive end. Jaheim Thomas is a linebacker they love. And then hearing things about true freshman cornerback, J.Q. Hardaway. Um, they're already talking mm-hmm. about him being the next stud corner there. Um, so, yeah, like okay. I – After Sauce, yeah. After Sauce, they – those guys will probably be the next stars. Um they did lose a lot. Like it's still like they did lose a lot. And it's not like they're Georgia where you have all these five stars waiting, but it does feel like they have AAC five stars <laughs> waiting. Mm-hmm. Like if that's fair. Um, yeah. The, the line here is nine and they open at Arkansas, um, which feels like a yeah. pretty, pretty big deal. So, what are you, the- what are you expecting from the Cincinnati team? The Super Bowl is week one. Um, That's the toughest game on their schedule that you're going to Arkansas. That's going to be nationally televised. Everyone will be watching that. Yeah, I like that's going to be a gut. We'll find out so much from that game. Like, and that'll like, as to, yeah, how the whole rest of their year goes. I think they, I I still think that they can beat a, I, I think that they will win a really, really good conference. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. project, projecting them to win this conference. I think there's a lot of solid teams in there and you have to like, it's, it's deep. I think there's a lot of, a lot of depth um, in, in that um, in the AAC. So yeah, I, I think they'll win. I, I don't know if they'll beat Arkansas. <laughs> I'm not willing to go that far yet. That's tricky. It really is. The Arkansas game is so tough. I don't think people really know even how to bet that game. Um, so don't bet, just yeah. watch it and what enjoy the, it. That's right. That's right. That's right. All you gotta do. So what is I have a wedding right over that time. I don't want to talk about it. The uh, yes. Um yeah. Um more on that. Oh, sorry. No distractions. <laughs> we'll, we'll, more on that next. I, I promise. I'll get to that sometime. <laughs> what what a terrible time to have a wedding. So it doesn't matter. Okay. What what do you have as the season? What what do you have as as their number from um for Cincinnati? I have 9 wins as their number and even 9. Uh, the same as Houston's. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to be going over. I have a, I have a, a fairly confident over, I think 10 and two. Um, I think you can, you can lose to Arkansas and you can still drop another one in conference. Um, I, I, I don't even know if they drop one in conference. I sure. still, I think Cincinnati, I, I really believe in what fickle is doing there. Um, 
I think he could have left if he wanted to. I mean, we know he could have left if he wanted to. And for him to stay, he knows that there's something special still there. Um, and he, yeah, this is coming off a playoff berth. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of his and, and what's going on there. I think they have a really good culture. I think they'll have another really good year with a lot of wins. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm with you on the over. Um, I expect an AAC title game rematch with Houston for a New Year's Six Bowl this year instead of a playoff berth. No shame in that. I think these are two really good teams. Um, wouldn't be shocked at all if Cincinnati came really close to running the table or even ran the table again. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, this is a really good team. They recruit well. It's only getting better since they agreed to join the Big 12. And I do think that they might end up being – there's a chance they end up being the class of the new Big 12, whatever that looks like, just because – like all those things you just said, um, Luke Fickle, um, holding on to him this year when the Notre Dame job opened up was a big deal for Cincinnati um, because he is probably like, I think most people would say he's a legitimate top 10 coach in the country. I don't know how many people would even disagree with that. Um, And the only places you're ever going to lose him to are probably Ohio state, Notre Dame, or maybe Penn state. And I guess hold your breath a little bit, like maybe James Franklin <laughs> gets the boot in a year a year from now. But yeah, I, they have a really good thing going on at Cincinnati, and I wouldn't be shocked to see Fickle there long term, and just he could win a lot of Big Twelve titles in the future. Agreed. Okay, agreed. So are you you're over on them? I am. Yes, we okay. agree on Cincinnati. Right on. Okay, just a few. Few other teams, Coastal Carolina is at eight wins. UCF is at eight and a half. UAB is at eight and a half. Those are some of the other teams to just um, look at. Um, not make, not forcing us to take any picks here. Any thoughts on any of these teams before we wrap this up? No, I, I not not specifically. I I just think there's a the depth there is always interesting in some of these sure. teams that like like some of those teams will. I mean, they're better than Vanderbilt. Like, like some of these yeah. teams could, could come into um, a, a power five schedule. It's like, say you put some of these teams in the ACC. I think some of these teams, I, like, I don't think they're, they're Duke Georgia tech. Like, I don't think they're at the bottom. Right. I think they're middle, possibly even like a lower upper tier. Like, like they're not, they're not Clemson Miami in the ACC, but mm-hmm. maybe, I mean, they're better than Florida state. You know maybe what I'm saying? Like, so, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like somewhere, somewhere up, like kind of in the upper, upper echelon there so yeah teams that are interesting teams that that on the field can compete and and beat some of the the power five teams sure okay um i think that's going to do it we actually have to wrap this up um we will talk about uh, arch manning dante moore and the usc and ucla move to the big 10 next week i apologize i kind of teased at the beginning um but due to time constraints we're going to shut shut this down now um Thank you all for listening. Uh, we just put a whole bunch of stuff on our YouTube channel last week. Um, been seeing a lot of comments on there. Always enjoy having that back to back, back back and forth with uh, fans of different programs that we wouldn't normally talk with. It was interesting. Um, so one of the videos I posted was our uh, Iowa State video. And if you remember in our Iowa State preview or win total pod, we uh, I mentioned something about there being like four four Iowa State fans or something. And, and then I kind of backtracked and said, there's actually a lot of Iowa State fans, just probably none of them listen to our podcast. And I got like multiple comments from Iowa State fans on that video. So that was kind of interesting. Um, thanks guys for listening. Tell your friends about the pod. 
Have a great week, everybody, and God bless.